Hello, my name is Jessica Roberts, and I am the Marketing Specialist for NCEA. Today's episode of the podcast is a little different than our traditional format. We wanted to take this opportunity to share a webinar that featured our NCEA's President's Award recipients. Please join Steve Botsford and Deacon Matt Halbach from Sadlier as they interview the NCEA 2022 President's Award winners, Gregory Rando, Sister Rosemary Nassif, and Steve Hammerski. Listen along as we learn more about the award winners and what they are doing to further the mission of Catholic education and continue the tradition of academic excellence. Hello and welcome to Catechist Stream, where we support catechists through their baptismal role. We address current catechetical issues and we support missionary discipleship. It's where we're learning to swim upstream. Right, Deacon Matt? That's right, Steve. We're coming to you live from the Catechist Stream studio, the aquarium. Last week, we began a two-part series on Teacher Appreciation Week, and tonight we'll conclude the series by focusing on the great work that the National Catholic Education Association does, specifically by recognizing a few of the NCEA 2022 President's Award recipients. We are excited to have these three guests, the awardees for the President's Award for NCEA 2022. So we're really excited to have them join us tonight. and. We want to hear about the great work that they've done to support Catholic education. Such an important topic. Deacon Matt, we'll recognize the NCEA President's Award winners tonight. Now, why is it important to pause and reflect on these accomplishments in Catholic education? Well, I think it just adds to the already numerous accomplishments in Catholic education over the last few years, and particularly up against the big challenge of COVID and how do we navigate that safely and and appropriately in, in a way that gives glory to God. And so many schools and so many teachers and so many administrators stepped up to the challenge and uh, really proclaimed the good news by the witness of their lives and how they teach and administrate. And tonight we have three wonderful awardee recipients who are just fantastic people. So that's new reason one, you wanna listen to them, but how they've gifted the church through their particular service, it's just gonna be a fun thing to, to hear about and talk about, as well as some challenging questions about Catholic education. Yeah, it should be a dynamic episode, Catechist Dream tonight, and we're going to hear a little more now about the guests that we'll be chatting with tonight. Let's just pause for a second and learn. We'll be hearing from Greg Rando, president of Brother Martin High School, Archdiocese of New Orleans. Sister Rosemarie Nassif, Executive Director of the Center for Catholic Education at the School of Education, Loyola Marymount. And Steve Hammerski, STEM teacher and robotics coach at Daniel J. Gross High School in the Archdiocese of Omaha. Let's just give a hearty aquarium slash catechist welcome to our wonderful guests. <laughs> there we go. All right. Welcome aboard. <laughs> All right. Well, first, let me just say it's wonderful to be with you, Rosemary, Steve, and Greg. Thank you for spending time with us in our aquarium, which is our digital studio. I'd like to throw this softball question out first to anybody who wants to answer. Actually, I'll pick one so it won't have any kind of verbal traffic that way. How about, Sister, you let us know a little bit about the work you did to earn the award you earned and why that award is significant. Sister Rosemary is the recipient of the Leonard F. DeFore 
Parental Choice Advocate Award. So this was presented to an individual who has demonstrated outstanding leadership in promoting full and fair parental choice in education. Good question, Deacon. First of all, I want to say that the award is very significant to me because I really do believe it helps us to address the issue of inequity in education. It's a parental choice award, advocacy for parental choice. And some of you who are on uh, this video, this uh, live stream, may be in states that have some form of, of parental choice, either a voucher, a tax credit scholarship, an education savings plan that really allows lower income families to be able to afford a quality education for their children. They may not have access to other alternatives other than the public alternatives because of their income level. But what this does is allows them to apply for tax credit scholarships in states or vouchers or even education savings plans that gives them more options, gives them more options. And the stories of the students who really are, are recipients of these awards is phenomenal. I mean, there's a student from Mexico and she came here with her aunt because her parents were not able to come with her. And her aunt really wanted her to go to a Catholic school, but they were under-resourced. However, they lived in Milwaukee where vouchers were available. And she went to a wonderful Jesuit high school, which really taught her a lot about her worth, her self-esteem, her value, and her, and her ability and willingness to really assist others. So she got involved in leadership at the school. She became the president of the student council at, at the Jesuit high school. And now, now she's at Marquette University on a full scholarship wanting to go into law, wanting to study law wow. and business education. And so mm -hmm. for students like that, I mean, there are 600,000 students across our nation that are presently using some form of tax credit scholarship or some form, form of parental choice. And so these stories can be multiplied right now by 600,000. There's also a student from South Sudan who came to the United States, went to Nebraska, was not able, there, and, and his family was not able to afford a Catholic school, but they, they got some families who helped support them to go to Catholic elementary and Catholic high school. And now he's studying at Creighton University and he's testified before the legislature in Omaha, in Omaha, Nebraska for school choice because he wants other families, other families like his own that do not have the resources and who cannot maybe account for other support outside of their family to have the option to go to a Catholic school because he says Catholic schools have changed his lives. He's felt this, a sense of community in the school and the sense of worth and value in terms wow. of his education and his ability and, and his ability to achieve for others. So he's working now and he worked all through his high school to really help achieve this kind of opportunity for students and families like his own. Well, praise God. Uh, those are tremendous stories. And thank you for what you're doing to help make options and choices for Catholic education more viable for more people. And it, actually what you're saying really um, is congruent with the philosophy of this live stream, which is to help people swim upstream. And that's what you're doing by making funding and other things accessible to a wider audience to give them more choices than they might not have. I think we heard a, a number of examples of how this is truly helping people. And it, and it really, they're inspiring stories, they're exciting stories. And, and what you're telling us is that 
we can have more of these stories if we can help to promote the opportunity for choice in education. Well, I would like everyone who is on this live stream to look at ways, if their state has school choice, please continue to support it. But also to look at ways for those states who do not have school choice to be like Jacob from South Sudan. You know, he, he, he wrote an op-ed piece in the Omaha newspaper. I mean, how we get engaged with our parents and our families and our parish to really support this can make a difference for hundreds of families within your state. So God bless you for whatever you do and whatever you can achieve to make this feasible and possible for lower income families. Amen. Thank you so let's, much. Let's You're so inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Rosemary. Uh, same they they inspire me. They inspire me. <laughs> and I believe your passion and you're a passionate person. Thank you for what you do. Steve Hammerski, thank you for being with us here on Catechist Stream. Tell us a little bit about the awards you won, why that's significant to you, and, and kind of how you're contributing to that particular work. I'm a, a teacher that's in the trenches every day, you know, writing lesson plans and, and uh, working with kids. And, and the thing that I've looked at over the years is that uh, I really try to give students a, a real life experience to try to take the learning that they have and bring it into the real world through competitions and through other types of activities. What I like to do is when we do different competitions, if it's a science fair or if it's an, an engineering competition, that the, the students are doing a, a topic that is of social concern and allows them to explore the, the social uh, and ethical issues that they might encounter as they move to adulthood. And that's really what I've tried to do with the different activities that I get, I get students engaged in. I also like to see them connect what they're learning and what they're doing right now to what their future might be so that they can you know really look to the future. And, and of course, within Catholic, schools and Catholic school teaching to really be able to, I mean, it's, it's really nice to be able to bring in a, a moral and ethical component to what they're learning and what they're doing, as well as give them a practical and real world experience as they move through high school and look to college. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. I think especially now in our society, we need to make every effort in Catholic schools and in churches to show the congruence between science and technology and faith, that faith is reasonable and that you're using, you're helping kids to use their gifts, their knowledge base, things that they're passionate about and applying it in creative ways and even competitive ways. That's so exciting and, and just a, what a terrific gift to Catholic education and to those young people. We have one more introduction. Greg Rando, thanks for being here with Catechist Stream. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the award you received and the work you're doing in that vein? Good evening, and thank you for having me this evening. At Brother Martin High School, we were actually in a capital campaign for about 27 years, starting back in 91, 92. And when I became president, it was made clear to me that we should focus more on endowments and scholarships, planned giving, gifts of, of gifts built around memories of someone, a lost one. So we really wanted to focus on gifts of perpetuity. And of course, we all know that perpetuity is a long, long time. And in light of that, 
our hope and our challenge was to help our students and families to make sure that no one was left behind that qualified to come to Brother Martin High School. We truly believe that every family has a sacred story. We believe every student has a sacred story and it's important to listen to that. You never know what a student will do in terms of making a difference and changing this world if, if you can help form him as a student. So our work in the last four years has really focused on those gifts so that we can make sure that we have the financial means to support a family that may not, may not be able to pay. And I might just add that Mr. Rando is the recipient of the Monsignor John F. Myers Award presented to an individual who's provided substantial support for Catholic education through contributions in the area of development, public relations, scholarship programs, financial management, or government relations. Let's mix it up a little bit. Here's a softball question. It'd be nice, we'll kind of mix it up a little bit. So did the three of you know each other prior to receiving your president's awards? No, but I got to know Sister very well. At the, uh, yes, <laughs> you know, I can tell you somewhat of a funny story. We were all told we had 30 seconds to accept the award, you know, like they do at the, the awards, you know, for all of, all of the greater movies, et cetera, and the film, et cetera. At, and so Greg did not use his 30 seconds. Several of them did not. So I got up and said, I'm using Greg's 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then Greg wanted his 30 seconds back. I did. That's yeah. the way it goes, isn't it? Yes, that is the way it goes. That is the way it goes. And Steve, you didn't know Sister Rosemarie or Greg? No, I did not. I'm a classroom teacher there in charge of larger programs. It's a big country. It's a big organization. And this is helping mm -hmm. to make that just a little smaller. So that's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, Greg, so there's curious. nothing I enjoy more than visiting our school, really, and really seeing the work that both of you do every single day, every moment of every day. I mean, that's what really instills the joy and the passion in me. Absolutely. And I, we say this all the time that we're all in this together. And as Catholic schools, we have to be in this together. And it was, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. And I wanted you to know that. Did they, okay. did you have a, was there a dinner or anything associated with this? Did you sit at the same table together? There was yeah, a there dinner. Was a dinner. Yeah. It, it was a pretty fancy dinner. And we all sat with both friends and colleagues okay. and we intermingled. It was, I would say, what do you think about 200 people at the dinner? Right. Something like that. You know, that, that, that's a guess. That's a guess. That sounds fantastic. Well, that, that kind of ruins my icebreaker game that I was going to play, which is that if you did sit together to say, what was one thing you remember about the other person, but we won't do that now. <laughs> We won't do that. We'll go into our next question while we have everybody on screen here. And this one was not on the list necessarily, but we did talk about it before the show. So Greg and Sister Rosemary, you have affiliations with particular religious orders. Do you want to talk a little bit about the charisms of those orders and how they kind of inform and drive the mission of what you're doing today? Thank you, Greg. I'm, I'm a school sister of Notre Dame and the emphasis on our title is school sister of Notre Dame. And Coincidentally, or providentially, today is the feast of our founders, Teresa mm. Gerhardinger. Our, our congregation was founded in Germany in 1833 on the mission and the premise that the education of women will change the world. And she really, and at that time in 1833, the education of girls and women was not that dominant or prominent. And so education is kind of the backbone 
of our mission and our ministry together. And we believe for us, education means developing persons to the fullness of their potentials as they are created in God's image by God and assisting them to use their gifts to build the earth. Much of what Steve just talked about in terms of how he focuses his STEM education and his education, how, you know, how they can use their gifts to do more for others. So we believe that education is a power. It's a, a very dominant power. And, you know, that's been shown in so many different ways through research, through what happens to the students who graduate from elementary, from high school, from colleges and universities. That That is continually shown over and over again. We believe that education is a power and it's also a ministry that God really aligns with. No matter how much we love our students, we know that God loves them even more. And it's a grace, it's a power and a grace. And I, you know, a true inspiration for me is in talking with teachers and principals and, and administrators in Catholic schools like uh, Stephen and Greg, uh, they talk about their teaching as a vocation, not just a job, it's a call from God. It, and it really is a vocation. It, you know, they, they live beyond, they work beyond their job description. <laughs> they do. As, you know, Stephen was talking about how he really engages his students. He engages them where they are and he lifts them up to where they can be. And as Greg was, was talking about how he assures that families have the support they need to really continue their education at, at, at his school. And so the, the vocation aspect of the teachers and, and administrators in our Catholic schools is really inspiring. It's truly inspiring. And, Greg, and our congregation is very much engaged. Greg, did you want to chime in about the religious tradition behind your school? Sure. We are affil affiliated with the Brothers of the Sacred Heart and the Brothers of the Sacred Heart came into the uh, United States in 1869. And that we have been, our school actually started in 1869. They came a few years before that, but our, we have been around in our 153 years now. So we have a long tradition. And when we talk about our focus and our charism and our tradition and our spirit, it's very important that being, we're a single sex school, all boys school, but we do have co-ed brothers of the sacred art schools in the United States. So when we talk about our students, our boys and girls and our students, we want to make sure that they understand that everything we do is a teachable moment, that what we do in the classroom is very important, but what we do outside of the classroom is just as important. And that means learning how to take care of people, learning how to talk to people, learning how to go make a difference in this world. And at the end of the day, again, after 153 years, we want to make sure that when our students walk across the stage they at graduation, they know and they understand that God loves them. That's very, very important to us so that they can go out and make a career. But we're not here. Our namesake says we're not here to teach young men how to make a living, but how to make a life. And when you think about that, it really, it, 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 it hits home. It's definitely a gospel-based approach at school there to say that the primary focus is to let children know that Jesus loves them. And it, it reminded me of Pope Francis' apostolic exhortation, Joy of the Gospel, where he says, every teacher, every catechist, every parent has to ring out over and over that Jesus Christ loves you. Like that is the primary proclamation. And if there's anything you take away from this experience, it should be that. So that definitely resonates with me, Greg. I was just gonna comment Foster. how inspiring 
your comment, it's, it's, it's not simply making a living, it's making a life. And truly that experience that you can provide through faith and a relationship, community, will help to sustain one and, and to prepare them for their life. So I find that very inspiring. I do too. I do too. Let's turn to another Steve, to Steve Hammerski. And I want to ask you a question and other panelists feel free to jump in. But Steve, and just like the other, your, your colleagues here, you're all high performers. What gets you up in the morning? What motivates you? Yeah. I, you know, I think it's the, the opportunity. Like I said, I'm a I'm a classroom teacher and I'm in the STEM areas and it's the opportunity to give students theoretical and practical experiences, but also to do that within an ethical and faithful environment. And these are all the things that were just mentioned, but you know, we're able to do that. And I think that's the incredible advantage we have is we're able to do that. We're able to address the ethical issues. We can't give our young people these powerful tools and skills in say engineering or computer science without deliberate, some kind of deliberate exploration of the justice issues that surround that. And to do that, to be able to do that in the context of Catholic church teaching, is really just phenomenal to be able to work with, you know, and one of the things I like to do is to bring, bring a number of people together into the conversation. So we'll bring in the theology teachers, the science teachers, designers, you know, whatever, you know, it is we're doing. And again, we really try in our projects and in our activities to really address those issues, you know, some of the moral and ethical issues that we have. And then how do we resolve that? And what are the Catholic church teachings that relate to those areas? And how can we apply those in, in the work that these, these young adults will be doing? I'm fascinated by the focus on not, can we do something in science, but can we, and should we do something? The ethical realm to, to the, the one curb, I think that we do need to always keep that, that keeps our creativity and our imagination in check. I'm just finishing this um, tome from Richard Rhodes on the atomic bomb and the Manhattan Project and how it kind of dawned on all of those involved a little too late about should we do this? So the fact that we're addressing the shoulds at this level is just providing, I think, a great foundation for our future scientists, our future technicians and engineers. And it's not just any more morality that we're framing this question in, it's Catholic morality and social teaching, which is, which is rich and tried and true. Exactly. I really do like the last question that you posed about getting up in the morning, but it sounds like Steve, you're, you're always thinking about how can I, how can I do this in a way that's effective and meaningful and, you know, relevant and engaging to my students. Um, Sister Rosemary or Greg, what gets you up in the morning to face the day and to, to make a difference? Greg, do you want to start this one? Sure, sure. You know, I, I was uh, mentored by Brother Jean Saubert in the late 70s and 80s, and he always told me as a student, because I'm a student, I graduated from Brother Martin High School, that this is all about the kids. And I know that sounds simple, but he would reinforce that over and over and over again. And when I became a faculty member in 83, I made every morning, I made it a point, to, what, can I, what can I do today to make a difference in a, in a kid's life or a student's life. And 
I have held true to that for the 30 something years that I've been here in terms of it is all about the kids and we have to take care of our kids. But at my age, there's a, there's a B part to this. At my age, now when I get up, I think it's very important for me to get the next group of faculty ready to take care of the kids. And it's mm -hmm. important that we hire faculty that are in and in, uh, that embrace our charism, that once we have our faculty here, they understand exactly what we're trying to do because ultimately that's taking care of kids. So that's what motivates me to get up every day. I think I, at, at this point, it's a teachable moment from adult to adult. And that formation is very, very important. That, that this the idea that you mentioned, Greg, of building the bench, how critical that is in any profession and particularly in Catholic education, because we, we get these luminary teachers, these shining stars that that every, all of them are shining stars, but some of them are just like, you know, mega stars. And, and it's so easy to have kind of this cult of personality and a real affiliation to one teacher, but that teacher won't always be there. And to build that bench is so critical. And, and part of that I think is, is not just make sure we post our job. The other part is, can we mentor that person into that role? And, and I see that as a habit in a lot of good, uh, well-functioning Catholic schools that are building benches. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a thing not to think of it as a job, but to think of it as our mm -hmm. mission that we, we, we are focused on our mission. Well, I firmly agree with the point that Greg made. I, what gets me up is the passion for the students, you know, and that has gotten me up for many, many years of my life and my own love of learning. I love to learn. And, you know, you don't learn, you, you learn more when you teach than when you sit down and try to study something. You, so you learn a lot when you teach and you learn from your students. You learn a lot from your students and also the, the real power of education that gets me up too, because, you know, all of us in education are in a very po powerful area and it's sacred. It is sacred to, to be a teacher. And I think one of the things that we've learned about teaching and learning uh, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic is that the social, emotional, mental realities of our students are so critical. You know, we all know that we learn more when we feel loved. We learn more when we feel appreciated, when, when, when we feel worthy, worthy of you, worthy of their teacher, worthy of, of the principal, worthy of their fellow students. You know, we learn more when our social, emotional, uh, mental realities are in the paradigm of allowing us to be open, to be receptive and to be open. You know, that's why I think our Catholic education talks about the education of the whole child. It's the education of the whole student that is critical and important. And it's an essence from our Catholic schools. Now I've also learned that education is the long view. You know, when I, my first year teaching, which I'm not going to tell you when that was, as many years ago, I taught seventh grade in Ferguson, a very under-resourced area. And the livelihood of gangs in that area made families and students feel not always safe, not always safe. And it was 10 years, these are seventh graders too, you know, it was 10 years, uh, 20 years, and even 35 years later, when I was getting letters from these students saying that their seventh grade classroom at St. Wenceslaus was their salvation. Now, I, I had no idea of that then, but I knew that I loved each one of them. And they learned that they learned in seventh grade that they were worthy, 
that they could achieve, that they could make a difference in the lives of others. Many of them graduated from universities with master's degrees, even a PhD at UCLA. Some became in, went, went in, the health, in, in the health profession. So the power of education motivates me every day and the love, of, the love and the passion for the students. And also the ability to interrelate with those students in ways that are beyond just the mind, but within the whole person. So remember all of you educators out there, you're very powerful. Amen to that. I think we've just edited that truism that it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village to raise a whole child. Yes. Touching on all those dimensions. Yeah. Steven, do you want to jump in here? One thought was, uh, sister, I, uh, you, you taught middle school, so I praise you for that. And, and also <laughs> that explains a lot. You know, I've always said that middle school teachers have to be as as kind of goofy as their kids to survive it and and the kids love it you know and and, and the, Stephen, you know, i love like, being goofy oh i know <laughs> it's like you know all the really good middle school teachers that i know are just amazing people and they just do amazing work with kids i really enjoy watching middle school teachers interact with with their students but yeah i mean there's there's a number of you know, a number of points that I think people have made that I was thinking as I was kind of reflecting on things and getting ready for this evening. And one of the things that I really see in, in my day to day is that it's just how important relationship is uh, between the teacher and the students that, I mean, it, that's what really drives success with students yes. is to develop that relationship and and just, you know, meet the student at their level. The, the students have a relationship with, you know, with the Lord God that we bring them that experience, but also, you know, that they develop relationship with the teachers, with their school. And it really maximizes what they're able to do. The, you know, just the ability to, to share that relationship. It's really what kind of all educational endeavors really flow from that. And, you know, I find that very motivating as well to be able to, you know, come into the classroom and just, you know, find out where the students are at and what, you know, what they're going through and what they're thinking about. And, you know, that, that is certainly very motivating, I think, for both the student and myself. Yeah. I, I think the relational component is, is so important to, to bring to the surface. We're people. You know, education is here to serve us, right? And, and and we're people helping people. And so without a relationship, they could they might as well open a book, right? And, you know, I love to learn just like you, sister, you mentioned that you love to learn. And some of our students love to learn more than others, perhaps, but at least at the moment. But the relationship is key and can really open up someone to this idea of learning and help to excite them about the information. So I really appreciate you bringing that up, Steve. And there was a comment right after you, Sister Rosemarie, that said, you can see it on our tiny screen here, beautifully said, Sister. So they were responding to your comments from just a second ago. We do have a question for the panel, if you're open to, to, to fielding a question. This question is, Dick and Matt, maybe you want to enlarge this for just a second so everyone can see sure. this. What does K-12 Catholic school education look like? What does K-12 Catholic school education look like in five to 10 years, five years or 10 oh. years? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mentioned the other day that we really believe with the lack of vocations right now, and I'm speaking for the Brothers of the Sacred Heart, 
We have faculty and staff of about 145, and we have three brothers of the Sacred Heart on our campus. I think back in the in the in the um, mid 90s, the brothers of the Sacred Heart had this, a vision that they needed and uh, wanted their the lay partners at the, their schools to be part of the, the to make sure that we carried on the charism of our founder Andre Quandra and the traditions of the Brothers of the Sacred Heart. So much so that we started a program that was called the Quandra Leadership Program, where we identified future leaders in the school, and they they went through a three-year course of readings with a mentor. At this point, I'm a mentor for another lay partner. I say that because in answering your question, where do, where do we see Catholic education in the next five to 10 years? In community-owned schools, I can speak again for the brothers, we see it in the hands of our lay partners in mission. And we are very confident that our lay partners, based on what we've been able to do with our program uh, through the Quandra Leadership Program, that that same charism, that same spirit, that same, when, when, we, when the world is becoming more secular, okay, we really believe that people will still be looking for a place that gives meaning to their life. And we believe that as a Catholic school, we can continue to provide that as a Brothers of the Sacred Heart School, not five and 10 years from now, but 20 and 50 years from now. Mm. I hope I answered Fantastic. the question in terms of a community-owned school. Absolutely. Sister Rosemary or Steve, do you want to jump in? Sure. I will, I will jump in. I have two statements that I, that I really believe in, and one of them is really very much aligned with what Greg, with what Greg just said. And that is that those who founded Catholic education in the United States, the, the brothers, the sisters, and the clergy will not be its saviors. They will mm. not be its saviors. And congregations took the formation of the leadership of their members very, very important, very deeply. And, and they intensely invested pretty much all of their resources in their formation. And we need to do the same thing for our lay leaders in our Catholic schools to really assure that they are able, they're, that they're developed and they, and they have the wealth of development in, in their, especially the mission of, of their school and the mission of perhaps the congregation who founded their school, if it was founded by a congregation. So we need to take that seriously. And the church needs, the Catholic church needs to take that you know, seriously. Dioceses and archdioceses should really help our lay leaders, our, our laity, really be able to afford education, quality leadership development in universities, as well as education and the formation of the charism of their school. I truly believe that the charism of our Catholic schools, no matter if you're an Immaculate Heart School, if you're at a Dominican school, if you're at a Jesuit school, a Sacred Heart School, that that is the unique essence. And that's, that's the essence that will help you know how you teach. You know, our, our foundress has a quote, which I love, and I've really grown to love it even more. With God, what you do is less important than how you do it. So we may teach minds, we may encircle hearts and visions across our Catholic schools, but how we do it may be embedded in a unique culture that in some way is, is really a part, uh, is really critically a part of the essence of the charism of that school. No matter what the foundation of that school is or what the saint is, 
or if it's an Immaculate Heart School, or, or if, if it's Dominican, or a Daughter of Charity School, how that charism is alive needs to infuse itself in the how of what they teach and how they form their students. And so I really believe that that's critically important and how we pay attention to the leadership development for our schools is, is an essential, essential issue in the future of our Catholic school. Absolutely. Hammerski, any thoughts about the future of Catholic education five to 10 years um, from now? I find it very interesting to hear our other two guests speak. I mean, I'm just fascinated in terms of, of listening because I, you know, again, I'm, I'm just, you know, working day to day in the classroom and don't always see the vision from, you know, the, the colonels and the generals in terms of what we're doing. But it's interesting, you know, that the, the comments that were made are all things that I am experiencing in my school. We're doing faith development of of our faculty, you know, and we're doing that throughout the archdiocese in all the schools. It's one of my favorite days, you know, when we can take the day off. I mean, it's amazing. We talk about how, you know, we get paid to do this, you know, take the day off and learn more about our faith and about what we're about. Um, you know, and it's, you know, and I'm very fortunate. I'm in a, I'm in a school. We we're a Marianist school. We, we were founded by Marianist brothers. And the Marianist brothers' main charism is family. And so we do try to live out building a family relationship within the school, I think. But I would say, I mean, we talk that up a lot because that is a main focus for our group. But I know that, that just it, generally the, the Catholic charisms are really strongly focused on family. But, I, but the Marianist charisms are also strongly focused on laity and how the laity, you know, was really developed in France and, and where the, it was, it was not safe to, to be a religious leader. And a lot of the religious leadership was, was really by necessity transferred to the laity. And, and that's, that's what we're seeing. And, and I, and I am seeing that kind of from the other end, I, again, you know, from the teacher's perspective, it's very, it's, it's something I, I very much enjoy. I, you know, I too, am you know, the, the number one learner in the classroom and, <laughs> and I, you know, I love to, you know, I love to, to learn and hear about things and learn more about, you know, what we're about. So it's been great. I, I just would like to comment on what Steve does in school as extremely critical for the future of the next five to 10 years of Catholic education. You know, we did a survey about, oh, five or six years ago of parents throughout the United States, Catholic, non-Catholic parents across all different uh, nationalities. And we disaggregated the information and we asked parents, what are they looking for, for their students mm -hmm. in Catholic schools? And we asked them about Catholic education and what their vision was for, or, or, or what their uh, ideas were about Catholic schools and Catholic education. And although they loved the idea of faith-based schools and Catholic schools, they did not want faith-based development to be what I would say to in any way limit the academic component and the 21st century curriculum. They wanted their sons and daughters to be able to learn in a way that they could really produce and achieve in the 21st century and be best in their fields. So 
I'm, I'm really with Steve in terms of STEM pro programs, dual language immersion programs, all the academic pieces that are, are, are a part of our educational dynamic that we as Catholic educators need to, need to really engage with them in ways that our students are not only really faith, faith developers and, and the faith developed within them, but they also can be leaders in their fields. And that's what allows them, I think, to make a really big difference for other people is that they're leaders in their own fields. Well, amen to that. And I just want to say, I love how God works. And I know when we met pre-show and, and kind of talked through things and I said, well, the interview segment probably be around a half hour, but it depends on the conversation we have. And this has been rich and definitely longer than a half an hour. And it's been wonderful. So thank you for being so open and articulate and complimentary. Everything you're saying is kind of supporting and feeding into what others are saying. Let's end with this and let's sort of end with the interview segment anyway, with this question in your, in pithy fashion. So we're going to surrender to the Twitter verse here and say in 140 characters, what is something that you see right now in Catholic education that gives you hope for the future? Whoever wants to go first. Yeah. I know that parents do want their children educated in the latest and greatest skills that are, you know, part of whatever the next economy is. But I think as we develop that next economy, we really need to have students that are really grounded in moral decision-making. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing that, that I see. And when you say hope for the future of Catholic education, that is what we do. You know, that is our mission to include the moral and ethical components of learning along with a, a stellar program of, of learning. And so if that is, is made clear to the groups that we serve, I, I really focus on the students, somewhat focus on the parents, but you know, the group we serve too is society in general. And you know, that they're also our customer and they're also, you know, in critical need of what we do. And that's where I see hope is in the fact that what we do is very necessary. Sister Rosemary, what gives you hope for the future of Catholic education? Well, essentially, Steve and Greg give me hope and people like them who are very committed and, and see their, their, their role as a Catholic educator as a vocation. But I think what also gives me hope is that we are willing to journey together, that we're not independent of each other, that we learn from each other, and that we really uh, learn from a whole band of other people who may think differently than we do. I mean, that's what our nation needs today to, to really unite around the differences and the diversities in our nation. And I think that goes along with what Steve is saying too, in terms of uh, just being justice-minded and open, open to diverse things that can teach us new things about ourselves, about our world, and about all that we can be together. So it's our journey together that gives us hope. You know, and I don't think it's accidental that Pope Francis has called for a synod at this time. And the whole, and, and the idea of the synod is that we want everybody's ideas about where the church can be in the future, everybody's ideas to somehow 
define that direction. And, and also that it's all about our journey together, that we're not saved independently, we're saved as a community. And, and that community means even engendering the ideas of people who may think differently than, than we do, who may have different religions, but it is our journey together, our journey together. And I also believe I in, that. That, in our schools from that, from that perspective. Absolutely. And it, as a deacon, I think about St. Lawrence and his journey and how he, you know, chose the emperor that the greatest riches of the church, the greatest wealth of the church is the people and the people's ideas, the people's passion, also the people's needs and concerns. It's the greatest capital we possess. So thank you for touching on that. Greg, how about you? Final thought, hope for the future. Well, I can say this because I've seen this firsthand. I've witnessed this. I know and I'm confident that our Catholic schools are doing wonderful work with our kids and forming faculty to make sure and staff to make sure that our charism is, is we're holding true to our charism. It's very, very important. But just like sister said, we have to be in this together and we have to message that as Catholic schools. I firmly believe that every Catholic school has a personality. And as a Catholic, there's a, there's a school for everyone. That, that student just has to find that school and go into that school, give his or her very best, and at the same time have the school provide that sanctuary for that student, that safe place for that student, and knowing, again, when they leave, that God loves them and you go out and make a difference in this world. So that's what gives me hope. Amen. So beautifully put. And you, thank you all, all three of you, Greg Rando, Sister Marie Nassif, and Steve Hammerski for taking the time to join us and share your stories tonight. There's a comment from a viewer I'd like to share if I can pull this up. Debbie Krasnowski says, thank you for tonight's conversation. All three awardees exemplify discipleship and have students. I'll say best interest at heart. You do that. And, and, and you've inspired us all. And thank you again for taking time to share your stories and congratulations on the recognition that you so well deserve. We want to um, all celebrate the good work that you do. So thank you. That's our studio audience that's uh, joining in and, and, and saying thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you both too. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. God bless. God bless. And God bless all of our viewers. Amen. Amen to that. That's right. We heard only three of the amazing um, educators from NCEA. We recognize them, we celebrate them, but there are so many who are doing great works that are, are not being recognized in the same way. We can't recognize every single person, but we know you're there. You're doing great things. I just wanna say NCEA is the largest private professional education association in the world. It works with Catholic educators to support ongoing faith formation and the teaching mission of the Catholic Church. Their membership includes nearly 140,000 educators serving 1.6 million students in Catholic education. Wow, that's amazing. So go to ncea.org. I think we're going to, we need to pray. offer a teacher blessing. That's right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord God, your spirit of wisdom fills the earth and teaches us your ways. Look upon all of your teachers. Let them strive to share their knowledge with gentle patience and endeavor always to bring the truth to eager minds. Grant that they may follow Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to say a special thank you and congratulations to our NCEA 2022 award winners, Gregory Rando, Sister Rosemary Nassif, and Steve Hammerski. We are truly inspired by everything you do to support Catholic education.